23rd chapter, Galatians chapter 3, and we'll begin at verse number 5. I've got something really, really uh, important um, this morning, and uh, I know you say, well, well, does that mean last week's sermon wasn't important? No, it, it was, amen. Um, important in this, and I use that word just because it's something that's really burning in, in my spirit that I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is breathing on um, uh, for us a, a word in, in due season, amen, for us this morning. And so um, I ask you to be in faith with me this morning. I believe in God for utterance that um, when I speak, as Second Corinthians 5 says, it'll be as though he's speaking through me to you and that you will have um, eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand and receive what it is that the Holy Spirit is emphasizing to us um, this morning. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3, and let's begin at verse number 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, let me stop right here. I'm going to read some more verses. And there's a lot that is talked about and covered in these verses, a lot of really important things. But what we're seeing emphasized here in these passages um, is not just that we're no longer cursed, but that we've been blessed. But what's being emphasized is how we walk in function in the blessing that we've been given. We see that using the Jewish people in the Old Testament as an example, God's chosen people, that their inheritance, their heritage, what belonged to them because of who they were, was given to them um, when it was given to their father Abraham. The promised land belonged to a whole host of of Hebrew people that never enjoyed a single day there. It was still theirs. It belonged to them. But they never enjoyed it. They never experienced it, even though God gave it to them. Okay? And so the, the thing that I'm wanting you to keep in the forefront of your mind as we go through this is what he's talking about here. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Because what we have laid out for us in this verse and in the verses that follow are two different approaches, two different fundamental ways of going about trying to live the life that God created us to live. One is an approach that we'll just say works of the law, and the other is an approach that we could say the hearing by faith or hearing of faith, or just Faith versus works, okay? Faith versus works. Now, I feel compelled to tell you that there is a tremendous amount of confusion in the body of Christ where these two things are concerned. And, and I, I want to I help you and me this morning as the Holy Spirit works together with us and the Word of God works together with us to really clarify some of these things. Now, there are occasions when I'll be teaching and we go to correct something that's wrong and, and a lot of people who are listening don't even think it's wrong because it's such a popularly held religious uh, belief or, or traditionally religiously held belief that 
Um, you know, it just, it almost dumbfounds people uh, to hear that what they've been told is actually not the truth. Okay? And so I'm asking you to, again, to brace yourself this morning and, and to let's really receive what it is that the Holy Spirit wants us to, to understand. Amen? So does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Let's, let's try to break this down just a little bit more for us, okay? When he says by the works of the law, does, does he reward you by supplying the Spirit to you and doing miracles among you because you've been obedient and you've been a good little boy and a good little girl and you've re- you tried really, really hard to, to do what he, you know, the, the obey the commandments is, is that the basis upon which God does miracles among you and supplies the Spirit to you? Or does He do miracles among you and supply the Spirit to you by the hearing of faith? And the answer is He does it by the hearing of faith. Yet there are a lot of people who still are locked into the Old Testament system of if, if, we, if we're good, if, if we try really hard to obey the commandments, then God will eventually reward us uh, by helping us or doing something for us. And please, my brother, my sister, that, that is, that's incorrect. That's not, that's not the right approach. Amen. So if we're going to experience and enjoy the blessing that is ours it's not going to be based upon your, uh, yours or my works of the law, but it's going to be based upon faith, hearing and, 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 and responding and believing uh, what it is that Father God says to us. So let me, let me, let me try to, to break faith down again. It just simply means believing that it's true. Believing and, 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 and embracing uh, what God says as being true concerning you. Okay. Now he goes into this example. He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore, um, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and only sons of Abraham. And this includes the males and the females. Amen. Only the sons of Abraham are recipients of the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. Now, and the scripture, look at this now, verse eight, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. Verse number nine, so then, Those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. We got anybody in the room that's of faith this morning? Okay. Then you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 10. Now, this is where it gets um, really interesting. Verse number 10 says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse... For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Okay? Now, I feel some of you kind of slipping away. So come on back. This is, this is important. Again, I'm wanting you to stay dialed in this morning. So if I'm, if I'm overusing some of those expressions, you just be patient with me and I'll be patient with you. Amen. My responsibility 
as the servant leader here this morning, is according, this is what the word, this is how the Bible says it, to read the verse and make the sense. Amen. In other words, I'm here, the Holy Spirit's here uh, to help me and you, amen, this morning, make sense out of what God is saying to us here. For us to understand it, not just so we can talk intelligently about it, but to understand it so clearly that we're able to apply it to our lives. So that we're able to, to take this ball, so to speak, and run with it. Amen. And benefit from it. Now, I want you to notice something that really jumped out at me recently in verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So notice those who are, are you ready? Now this is going to maybe be shocking to some of you. But those who have bought into this idea that God owes us a blessing because we've been good and, and tried hard to obey the law are actually exposing themselves to the opposite of blessing by, by trying to operate in the blessing through the works of the law they're, they're actually putting themselves under a curse instead of the blessing that they're, that they're pursuing. In other words, you, 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 if, praise God. Notice here that, that let's, let's, let's try to make it a little more plain, okay? There's so many things that are connected to this, but there's a certain target I'm trying to hit. But, but those who are trying to be blessed by obeying the, the commandments, <clears throat> they're actually engaging in something the Bible calls self-righteousness. Okay? And the Bible says that self-righteousness is not only unacceptable to God, it's as filthy rags before God. See, the real problem with this and the reason those who are trying to uh, experience the blessing through their self-righteousness, the, the, the reason, and what's at the real heart of this, is it's, it's the difference between pride and humility. When, when we try to make ourselves righteous, when we try to make ourselves deserving, when we try through our own good works to put ourselves in a position where God owes us something that would be considered a blessing, all of this is a stench in the nostrils of God. It's, it's stinking pride is what it boils down to. It's stinking pride. And, and what does God do to the prideful? He resists the proud. But what does He do to the humble? He gives grace and even more grace to the humble. So we get caught up in these things because of religious traditions and religious mindsets that, that, that are not based in the, in the New Testament where we think that um, the better someone behaves, the more deserving they are of blessing. And then you got these folks over here who are, who are struggling and, and don't seem to be nearly as righteous and holy as others are, right? And, and so we deem them to be less deserving of blessing, okay? And then it throws our whole wrong theology out of kilter when the, the one that doesn't seem to be nearly as righteous and holy as everybody else in, in their behavior, God's blessing their socks off. 
Right? And so now people start getting mad at God. They start accusing God of not being fair. They start accusing God of, of, of not being faithful. And, and again, nothing... See, now notice where that's carrying. It's way, way, way off base. Way, way, way off center. No one is justified by the law on the side of God. That word justified there means to be made right. To, to, to be righteous. Uh, to be right before God in the eyes of God. No one, not a single person, is justified by the law and the sight of God. Because God's plan for us is what? Verse 11, live by faith. Meaning what? Meaning we believe what God says about us is true. We believe that, that Father God sent Jesus as the Savior of the world. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus became our sin and became a curse for us, came under that curse with us and lifted that curse off of us. We believe that God the Father raised Him from the dead. We believe that Jesus took the punishment for everything we've ever done wrong. And we believe that He's given us the credit and reward for everything that He ever did right. We believe these things. This isn't something that I'm making up. This is something that has made me up. This is something that has recreated me. My faith in my Savior has made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, I am blessed, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. I believe I'm blessed. Not because I've been good or bad this week. I believe I'm blessed because of what Jesus did for me. I believe I'm righteous. Not because I've done everything right this week. I believe I'm righteous because Jesus made me righteous because He became my sin. He who knew no sin became my sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It has nothing to do with what I've done. It has everything to do with what He's done for me and me believing that and receiving that by faith. Remember, faith receives what grace has already given Verse 12, he says, the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. See, the law is you trying to take it into your own hands. The law is you trying to control uh, your life and control what it is that God does for you in your life. Faith is you relinquishing control and trusting God. Faith is you depending on Him and, and, and trusting in the right standing that you now have with Him and before Him in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? So again, Jesus became a curse for us so that we might receive the blessing of Abraham, that it might come, literally come upon us. Now, amen. Let's do this real quick. Like, um, let me put this on the screen. Amen. Um, you might, if you take a note, you might want to write this down, Okay. We receive the blessing and resist the curse by faith. We receive 
the blessing and resist the curse by faith. Now, for those of you who are new to this study, we see that both blessing and cursing has been released upon planet Earth. And we see that blessing, to simplify it for you, is a spiritual force working in your favor, working to your advantage. We see where God commanded His blessing on one year's crops, and those crops produced three years' worth of food in one season that did not spoil for three years. Supernatural uh, enablement, empowerment, enhancement. All working for you, all working to your advantage. This is blessing. Cursing is the exact opposite. It is a spiritual force working against you. It, it, is, it is the negative, the opposite, if you will, of blessing. Are you with me still? Both of these things are, are, are working on planet Earth right now. Amen. There are certain things in individual people's lives that will, that will attract blessing to them. And there are certain uh, things in people's lives that will attract cursing to them. Are you hearing me? Amen. So we're going we're gonna to get to all that later. What you and I have to understand that as born-again believers, Jesus became the curse. He took the curse off of us. Proverbs says the curse without a cause does not come. Are you hearing me now? That, that, that anyone that, that is, experiences anything that has to do with the curse, right? That there is, there is a reason that that curse has alighted upon them. He uses the, the, the poetic language. I'm, I'm not here to teach on this this morning. I'm just trying to give you some overview. Are you with me? In other words, we're going to go into this in greater detail later. But he talks about how a, a bird uh, flutters around but doesn't land. And he said in the same way, the curse will not alight or land upon a person um, without cause without cause. You see, this is why we do not want to be on a basis with God, right? Uh, you know, demanding what we deserve. We deserve death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus paid that penalty for us and then made us right before God in the eyes of God. This is why he took the curse off of us, becoming a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham might now come upon us. This great substitute, right? This is why when we try to go back to uh, putting God in our debt because we've, we've been good and obedient, um, it, it, it's, it's prideful. And, and, and not only that, you know, in other places, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said, if it worked that way, Jesus was foolish and died in vain. It was no need for Jesus to die if you could have done this for yourself. But obviously, we could not. So, we receive the blessing by faith. We operate in the blessing by faith. We, we participate in all that that blessing includes by believing in Jesus and by believing what the Word of God says about these things is true about me and you. So, when something from the cursing side tries to 
enter your life, enter your family, enter your house in some way, we have to resist that. See, this is one of the great problems that, that so many people have, and the enemy is behind the confusion. We even hear people say things like, man, that, that was a blessing in disguise. No, no, see, don't ever call anything that was a curse a blessing. It's not a blessing. But see, the devil wants to blur those lines, and he wants us to be confused. See, if, if, we, if we call, you know, a curse, what's really a curse, a blessing in disguise, then we don't know whether to resist it or accept it. So the next time a curse comes along, do you just swing open the, the door of your life and let it come in because, you know, this may actually be a, a blessing that we don't recognize. No, no, if it looks like a curse, if it smells like a curse, it's a curse. Now, God can take something negative and turn it into a positive, but he doesn't have to have a negative to springboard off of. It's much easier for him to springboard off of your faith. So, we receive the blessing and resist the curse by faith. The curse must be resisted. You see, the devil will try to walk right up in the middle of your life with a curse, and if you don't know any better, you just let him do it. We said this a few weeks ago, I'm going to say it again this morning. The devil knows you're blessed. He's just trying to figure out if you know you are. Now, praise the name of the living God. Let's go. I'm a real quick, like Ephesians 4 and 17 and 18. This, I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord <clears throat> that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, having being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Are you still with Pastor Mark this morning? All right, all of this is introduction. We ain't even got to where we need to be yet, but we're getting there. Amen. So he's saying to people who've been born again, because you have the wrong mindset, you're living as an outsider when you're actually an insider. That's what that word alienated means. It means to be, to be separated uh, from. So think about what he's saying here. He's saying to born-again believers, you're, do not walk, live your life on a daily basis like the rest of the Gentiles. A Gentile is a non-Jewish person or to be may, maybe better understood, he's talking about someone who does not have a covenant with God. But these people did have a covenant with God. My brother, my sister, you do have a covenant with God. But if we, if we have the wrong mindset, we will live like people who, um, who do not have a covenant, who are not blessed, when we actually are blessed. All right, now, let's do this. Praise God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Are you getting anything out of this so far? Amen. All right, Luke, the 13th chapter. It's slide number 17, Christy. For some reason, I'm having issues up here putting that one up, so amen. Luke chapter 13, and let's begin at verse number 1. <clears throat> there were present... 
at that season some who told him, him being Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. Okay. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, Jesus is referring to two well-known tragedies that had occurred um, either, you know, recently, let's say they would have been in the headlines, um, or things that were so unusual or outlandish that, that they were still in people's memories and conversations. The first one he refers to and and, and secular history, in other words, like Josephus and ones who wrote history books during the lifetime of Jesus, really don't connect much details or many details with, with what is going on here. But what we do know is that Pilate, being the Roman governor, had become frustrated. The, the common belief is that, that these were some folks who were uh, stirring up sedition and, and rebellion, um, and and that Pilate had had enough. He he threw a you know temper tantrum, whatever, and they were in the temple sacrificing to God, and he had them executed, had them murdered, so that their blood and the blood of the sacrifices that they were offering on the altar to God were mingled together. And again, this was just an outlandish, unheard of offense to the Jewish people, one that was still, you know, a burr in their saddle, whatever, um, you know, to this day that Jesus is, is referring to these things, okay? The other one is, again, something similar to what we may see on the front page of a newspaper or, you know where I, it was recently a hotel under construction in New Orleans um, where the crane fell and some people lost their lives. I mean, the, these kinds of things happen. And so here, um, this was a tower. For some reason, I've always, and I, I guess because of, of my experience with these kinds of things in our world today, I, I've always imagined the towers being under construction, although it doesn't really say that. But we see that there was a building that collapsed for whatever reason, and 18 people there in Jerusalem died uh, in that uh, collapse. Are you with me? So two tragedies that people would have known about and been familiar with. Now, Jesus uses these two things to teach them something and hopefully teach you and me something. 
And what's very sad to me, so listen to me very carefully, what's very sad to me is that most people take away from this lesson from Jesus a, 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 wrong, um, a wrong understanding. As a matter of fact, they, they gather from this the exact opposite of what Jesus is trying to correct. In, in other words, the very thing Jesus is addressing here, they think he's saying. Alright, so let's go back to it now. Jesus, verse 2, answered and said, Do you suppose? Now, this word suppose means to think within oneself. Imagine, consider, be of the opinion. Are you with me? Imagine, consider, be of the opinion. Or it also means to believe. To believe. All right? If you're writing things down in your notes, I want you to write this down. Are you ready? What you believe matters. What you believe matters. What you think matters. Your opinions matter. What, the opinions you have about these things, the beliefs that you have about these things, the way that you think about these things, your attitude towards these things, all of these things matter. My brother, my sister, you are blessed. At the deepest level of your being, you have been blessed with everything heaven has to bless a person, an individual, a being with. Amen. What prevents that blessing from flowing within us outward into our life realities is our mindset. And what Jesus is addressing here is a wrong mindset. The mindset was those people had it coming. We don't know those people, but apparently they did something really bad and now they got uh, executed at the altar offering sacrifices. We don't really know why those 18 people, why God took them, why God this, why God that, you know, but God works in mysterious ways, right? And, and, and so we have this crazy notion that somehow it was something these people did wrong that caused them to be the ones executed that caused them to be the, the, the random, not random people that the tower fell, down, fell down on and crushed. Jesus says, this is your thinking. This is how you think about these things. This is your mindset towards these things. But Jesus speaking, he says, I'm telling you, you're wrong. No, that's not right. It didn't happen because these people disobeyed the law. They weren't victims in these situations because of something wrong or bad that they did or something good that they should have done and did not do. That's, that's, that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. And he's also giving us an answer that we all need to understand, all right? So let me get back to my notes so we can wrap, land this plane. Are you still with me? Oh, that was kind of weak. Jesus was clearly saying these people were thinking and believing incorrectly. And their wrong thinking and believing was leaving them exposed and vulnerable. He said, listen, you, you, how you're thinking here on these things is, is, is putting you in a position to have something similar happen to you in your life. We hear this today. Come on now. 
The mindset of the, of, of the people was these tragic things happened because the victims were worse sinners than others and somehow had it coming. These tragedies befell them because of something they did or something they should have done but, uh, but did not do. Again, Jesus is saying, this is what you suppose, this is what you think, this is what you believe, but you're wrong. We hear this today when people talk about bad things happening to good people which once again exposes the same wrong thinking and belief that if you try to be a good person, nothing bad will happen to you. This is the, this is the, the lie that Jesus is trying to, to uh, expose here. If you try to be a good person, nothing will happen to you. Again, do you suppose that these folks were not good people and that's why the tower fell on them? Do you suppose that these people were not good people and that's why Pilate had them executed at the altar? Jesus Jesus is saying, no, you're wrong about this. Okay, let's, let's put this somewhere near the top of our New Year's resolution list, all right? No longer do we talk about karma. Karma comes from Buddhism and Hinduism. It does not come from Christianity or the Bible. We gotta, we gotta get these things straight. Karma says whatever happens to you is caused by your own actions. See, back to works. We're not talking about actions anymore. We're no longer in the Old Testament. It's not action driven anymore, it's faith driven. It's not about what you do or don't do. It's about what you believe. It's about who you trust. It's about who you, who you put your confidence in. Jesus said, you're walking around here thinking because you're trying really hard to be good that nothing like that will happen to you. He says, this is not how it works. It works by faith. Karma says whatever happens to you is because of your is caused by your own actions. This comes from Hinduism and Buddhism, not from Christianity and the Bible. And let me I, I could spend the rest of our time together today and tonight, but let me just say this one thing. Jesus said the world would hate you and persecute you for doing good. All right, let me land this plane right here. You still with me? Sadly, people take the wrong understanding away from this because they don't know what the word repent means. Let me get back to my, my notes here. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. See, Jesus is saying... These things did not happen to them because they were worse sinners than other people. But when he says, unless you repent, something similar will happen to you because we don't understand what repent means. We think Jesus said, and unless you stop sinning, some tower's going to fall on your head. Repent doesn't mean stop sinning. Repent means a new way of thinking. 
Repent means a new condition of mind. The word in the Greek is a compound Greek word, metanous. Meta meaning a change in condition, nous meaning mind. Jesus is saying, your thinking is all wrong here, and because you're thinking that it was based upon works, what did Galatians 3 tell us? Those who are of the works of the law are under the curse. Let's just say a tower falling on 18 people and killing them is not a blessing. It's not a blessing any time ever has been, ever will be. It's not a blessing in disguise. It's not a blessing. 18 people losing their lives in some kind of tragedy like that is not a blessing. If 6,000 people come to Jesus at their funeral, it's still not a blessing. But their thinking was, this happened to them because of their behavior. And Jesus said, you've got to change that thinking because that thinking is making you vulnerable to similar things happening to you and your family. What thinking do they need? Their thinking is not that happened because those people weren't good enough and because I'm trying so hard to be good nothing. Again, why... See, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen? Bad things happen because of the curse. We don't resist the curse by the works of the law. We resist the curse by faith. We don't walk in the blessing by the works of the law. We walk in the blessing by faith. Jesus is saying, hey, you're, you're thinking you're protected here because you're trying so hard to be good. And you're better than those people that that happened to. He says, first of all, don't judge, right? Who are, anybody remember those verses? Praise God. Come on, singers and musicians. Is this making sense to you? Are you protected? The blessing says you're protected. The blessing says plans and strategies from the enemy directed against you and your family, that when those things come against you, they'll, they'll, they'll flee seven different ways. Do you understand why now that the devil is trying so hard to get you to worry Electricity will not flow through rubber. Okay? And the blessing will not flow through worry and doubt and unbelief. But let me tell you what will, what worry, doubt, and unbelief will conduct. They will not conduct the blessing, but they will conduct the curse. Worry, doubt, and unbelief is like a lightning rod. Worry, doubt, and unbelief will not conduct the blessing, but they will conduct the curse. It's like a lightning rod. It's like a lightning rod. It's good preacher, brother. And this is why Jesus is saying, you, you're putting your confidence in, in, in a works-based system thinking you're protected 
And that's not how all of this works anymore. Can I tell you why I'm protected? Can I tell you why I believe I'm protected? Why I know I'm protected is because I believe I am. That's right, amen. I was standing here last Sunday morning and I was preaching a Christmas message and all this kind of bubbled up to the surface and I mentioned it just for about three or four minutes. And while I was standing here uh, talking about the, the, the aspect of the blessing that in, in, includes protection for our family, my iPad screen went blank and it was my mother-in-law calling me. And I thought, you know, that's strange. First of all, I was looking back there. I was like, is she sitting there back there behind Marty? No, I don't see her. Why is, she, why is she not here? Why is she calling me? Obviously, I didn't answer the phone. I hit decline and kept preaching. I found out later she was calling me to tell me that she had left a large pan of oil on the eye with the eye on high by mistake. It burst into flames almost touching the ceiling. She tried to put it out with water. Mistake. She then grabbed a towel and grabbed the handle of it and took off running to her back door and threw it on the deck. Wooden deck. The house didn't even smell like smoke when we got there. The cabinets were not singed, nothing on the ceiling. Need to get some Dawn and scrub her back deck. The deck didn't catch on fire. She had a blister on the knuckle of her index finger and a slight burn right here in her hand, but the towel that she grabbed the pan with was burnt black with holes in it. Now listen to me, please. God didn't protect her because I'm a preacher. Are you understand what I'm saying? He didn't protect her because I volunteered at the foundry. He protected her because I believe that I'm blessed. Do you see the difference here? She could, have, she could have died in that kitchen last Sunday morning. If that grease had spilled on her clothes, caught her clothes on fire, caught that house on fire. Are you what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not saying that's scary. I'm just telling you. We, we haven't talked a lot about this, but I, I'm, I look forward to get permission. I don't see her right now. She's in the nursery. The day Jake and Bethany moved in their new house, Bethany, I'm not exaggerating. If you count the steps, it was at least this high, if not one step higher. Their steps are carpeted as you go down, and then it transitions to hardwood steps and then a hardwood floor. And it's off just a little bit, Michael. You know what I'm talking about. The, the carpet makes it thicker. So you know how your feet fall in that rhythm and then you come to that transition and it's a, it's a deeper step. Well, this is probably the, you know, she hadn't been down those steps seven times. You know what I'm saying? With Oliver in her hands, she missed that step and fell at least this high onto the hardwood floor. First thing that hit was his head on the hardwood floor. See, the devil tried to kill my grandson 
the day that they moved into their new home. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. But they were protected. That's right. Amen. You, you see what I'm saying? Protected. That's right. Not because I give a lot of money. I'm saying. Yes, amen. Not because I don't allow certain things in my house, and I don't allow certain things in my house, but I'm just trying to show you here again. That's not where my confidence in the Lord protecting me and my family. My confidence is, it's, I believe that I'm blessed. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. And I could, <laughs> I could stand here to this time tomorrow. The things the Lord has done. The things the Lord has done. Well, amen. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads this morning? The Bible says that Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. Having committed no wrong or Absolutely, completely undeserving. He was falsely accused, sentenced to death. Beaten almost to death with a Roman whip and then nailed to a Roman cross. He died on that cross after they ran a spear up under his rib cage and punctured the sack and the organ of his heart. Took his lifeless body off the cross, buried him in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he, ra he raised from the dead. He returned back to the right hand of his father, but not before promising that he would one day return. That's the gospel in a nutshell, my friend. And what he did on this earth as a man, he did for you and he did for me. He became our substitute. He became our wrong so that we could become his right. Please do not depend upon your ability to be good to make heaven your home one day. It's not how it works. Nobody can be good enough. Receiving salvation is simply accepting for yourself, receiving for yourself by faith what Jesus has already done for you. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Pastor Mark, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never called upon his name to be saved. But today's my day. I want to I wanna start this new year and end this 2019 and start 2020 as a new creation in Christ Jesus. If that's you this morning, could I just see your hand? Amen. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? It's you. Could I see your hand? Thank you for that hand. Amen. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer together. Everyone pray. Amen. Father God, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I confess before your throne that I need a Savior. And I receive my Savior this morning. I thank you, Father, that you've had mercy upon me in my sin. And while I was a sinner, Jesus died for me. He became sin for me. 
so that I might become his righteousness. So Father, this morning, I confess with my mouth that I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that you, Father, have raised him from the dead. I receive now for myself his completed work. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for making me one with you. And thank you for making me a new creation in Christ Jesus. I ask you to help me now by your Holy Spirit to walk with Jesus, to learn from Jesus, and to live the life you created me to live. A life of victory, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life of destiny. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Wow. Let's sing something. Amen. Amen. All right. You got one. You got one ready? Got I'm sure one. you do. Amen. Let's sing together. If you desire prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you uh, here at the altar, agree with you. Amen. But let's just worship the Lord one last time before we're dismissed. Praise God.